Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! The heavyweight champion is taking the mandatory eight count, and Foreman is as poised as can be. Let's get it started in here. And the base keeps running, running. There's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of us is out of the field. So we're breaking away from tradition. Because when we be out, feel it's pulling me What's up, what's up, everybody? This is Wits and Roz. I'm one of your hosts, Roz, here, and this is the first episode of The Opening Line. We are coming over to the Believe Network from LibertyTalk.fm. We had a great run as the Sporting Edge. But we are now here to bring you gambling insight, sports insight, and uh, hopefully some money to your pockets. Wits, say hello to the new audience and uh, give us a new catchphrase for our new show. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? This is Wits, uh, and this is the opening line where we keep the line moving. Uh, we're going to hear that a lot this year. Um, got a lot of great information for you today. We're going to talk all fantasy baseball. You know, the season is right around the corner and not really a more exciting time in sports for us. I mean, we got March Madness right around the corner. We got a whole season of fantasy baseball. We got a lot of stuff going on um, with football right now. But we've got, you know, pretty much everything that you can think of fantasy baseball wise today. We're going to break down all the positions, kind of give you our intake or excuse me, our insight on, you know, what we're seeing. We're going to give you some sleepers, some guys to look for um, because we got a we got a big landscape here. I think it'll be a really interesting year. I think the teams at the top, Yankees, Red Sox, Indians, you know, I I don't think much is going to change up there. But, you know, we had the Phillies making a lot of moves. Um, And I'm I'm just taking a look at some of these batting orders right now. We've got a lot of exciting players to talk about. So let's get right to it, Roz. What do you think? Well, I know since I've been in a league with you before that you really value the pitcher. And uh, I know when we get down to talking about our early round selections at the end of the show, you're probably going to go with a pitcher. So let's start off with starting pitchers for this upcoming season and who you like. We're going to go through the top 10 of them and we're going to find you some sleepers, uh, try to get you the best value when you're headed into your draft. I think for me and you, the clear cut number one is Max Scherzer. Uh, Projected a a massive year again with an ERA sub three. Looking at some high marks in terms of Ks, we've got Yahoo at 286, CBS at 255 for the upcoming year. This is a guy coming off a 300 strikeout season, and you know this guy churns out the innings. He is a man who doesn't like to get pulled. He feels that it's his game to win, and uh, you see the intensity every time he goes out there. I think that's why he is the number one pitcher without a question. I mean, he's going to be part of a great rotation wits. But the numbers show year in and year out so far that this is the workhorse for your fantasy baseball team. Yeah, there's. I don't think there's really a better option out there right now. I mean, looking at health, looking at innings pitched, 
looking at strikeouts, and then I think also really importantly, looking at wins. I mean, you look at the win totals for Scherzer the past three years, 18, 16, and 20. Um, it really doesn't get much better than that, and I think Max, Max Scherzer has struck out 29% of hitters he's faced throughout his career, and if we, if we took that rate, compared it to his strikeout rate over the past four seasons, it would actually rank the lowest. Um, this is a guy who strikes out people, you know, as of late in a, at a mid-30s clip, which is really unbelievable. Um, and I think as a top-line starter, this is a guy who competes and I think should make a push for 20 wins again this year. Um, you know, you look at the Nationals, they did lose Bryce Harper, but I don't think that's going to hurt this team that much. You know, if you think about it, I think, you know, the Scherzer, Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin trio, um, I think is going to pay a lot of dividends for this Nationals team. But, you know, the one thing with Scherzer, this is a very tough division that he's pitching in. I mean, looking at the Mets, looking at the Phillies and all the acquisitions they made, um, also looking at the Braves, who were really, I think, the young upstart team in baseball last year. But I, I don't think you can, you can go wrong with Max Scherzer. I think he's worth every penny. Um, looking at number two, and, you know, we're getting these rankings off CBS. They've got a, a great projection system. Um, so we're going off what they're working with. Number two right now, you've got Corey Kluber. And Corey Kluber, I think, is an electrifying pitcher. Um, you know, one of those guys who reminds me of Scherzer, you know, he's got that, you know, that deadly fastball, you know, with a great off speed. Um, one thing I worry about Kluber, though, is a little bit, of, little bit of injury concern last year. So that's why, for me, you know, if I don't get Scherzer, I might move a little bit farther down the board. But one thing you got to love about Kluber the guy wins games. I mean, 20, 18, and 18 the last three years, striking out, you know, about 240, 250 guys a year, um, you know, with a sub-3 ERA. Not much not to like about Corey Kluber. He's just such a deadly arsenal. Um, and this Indians team, I think, is going to be, you know, at the top of the AL Central again this year. Yeah, I've got Kluber at number five currently on my list. Uh, a guy that you said at best, and he has some injury concerns. He also has... A lot of, uh, they've been using him a lot. His uh, usage rate has been extremely high over the last three seasons. 1,911 regular season innings with 45 extra tacked on in the postseason. This is a guy who I don't think is in the prime of his career. I think we're going to start seeing him head towards the end of his career. Obviously, Justin Verlander being an example of somebody who doesn't seem to have an end of a career in sight. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing projections of an above 3 ERA coming into this year. He did post a nice 2.89 last year for you, as well as 20 wins. And wins are big. I know in our league, Wits, uh, wins got you a lot of points. So he comes off a 20-win season uh, for the Cleveland Indians. I know there's a little turmoil, as well as this team lost a decent amount uh, of players. So we'll see. I know batting isn't the complete implication on what's going to turn a win or a loss into a pitcher's day. I know that he needs some runs. But uh, Corey Kluber, a little getting older. The usage rate is a concern. I see some things slowing down. I don't think the Ks are going to be as high. I don't think the innings are going to be as much. Uh, but if he can keep posting wins like he has in years past, this is a guy I'd like to see probably in second or third round of a, of a draft. Probably my second option as an ace, which sounds crazy. I know you listed him as your second pitcher. So, uh, But for me, the guy I like most and I have here at set number two in this uh, rankings is Chris Sale. Another year at Boston. I think he's going to be absolutely spectacular. Settled into the Boston way of life. Uh, 
high projections this year. You're looking at a below three ERA with 213 strikeouts and a potential between 15 and 18 wins. I really like where Chris Sale is going, and it's an upward trend with this Boston Red Sox team. I know it's going to be a tough division, and I know you want to bring that up, but Chris Sale to me is definitely my number two, and I think can be an absolute workhorse when it comes to your fantasy baseball lineup. Yeah, I, I like Chris Sale too. I've got him as my number five. Um, he's really a dominant fantasy force. You know, you look at 2018, career best in ERA with and K's per nine was at 13 and a half, which is ridiculous. Um, but you look at last year, this is this is another guy who I worry about a little bit from a health perspective. You know, his season was interrupted by a shoulder issue, you know, limited to just 17 innings over five starts after July 27th. Um, but by all accounts, it seems like he's healthy. He's ready to go in 2019. But I, I just don't think a guy like Chris Sale comes without a little bit of risk. And the other risk, I think, with this Boston Red Sox team is I don't think they've completely got the back of that bullpen shored up. Um, you know, having a guy at the end of the game like Craig Kimbrell um, pretty locked down, you know, is almost automatic. So, you know, I guess from a wins perspective, I think maybe near the start of the year it could be a little bit dicey with this Red Sox team, but I don't think you go wrong with Chris Sale, you know, from a strikeouts perspective, from an innings perspective, playing on probably the best team in baseball. Um, you know, he's going to get you a lot of fantasy points. So I've got him as my number five, uh, number three for me, you know, uh, an old guy who has turned back the clock the last few years, Justin Verlander. Um, you know, you look at Verlander when he came to Houston, really revitalizing himself i thought there was a you know there was a period there at, at the end with the tigers where it seemed like justin verlander was kind of going by the wayside but um he put put all the doubters uh put them all away 290 strikeouts last year just an unbelievable year got him projected for 18 wins this year with 245 k's and an era just a touch above three um but last year you know he was denied a second cy young but you know, he submitted a career year um, with numbers that were pretty much on par, you know, with the numbers he put up in his 2011 AL MVP campaign. Um, so I like Verlander. Uh, I think he's another workhorse guy who's going to, you know, hit all the categories that you need. Um, and I'm a big fan. I think he's been very consistent throughout his career. And I think that's one of the things you're looking for at the top, um, you know, of your starting staff. You want guys who are going to get out there. They're going to get wins. Uh, they're going to throw a lot even without their best stuff, and you know that's why I, I like Verlander as my number three. Right. He's looked really good, and that's a respectable place to put him currently. I mean, he had an outstanding year with the 2.52 ERA and a .90 whip. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be what we see moving forward. Age will catch up to you. Tom Brady, Justin Verlander, Usain Bolt has let age catch up to him. Still a fast guy, trust me. But uh Age is going to come at a certain point. Now, trust me, I understand the Astros have one of the best supporting casts in baseball. That lineup is going to be ferocious this year and could help propel some W's uh, for Justin Verlander. But I, I, I'm worried. I stay away typically from older pitchers because the velocity of his pitches, I would assume, has to come down at a certain point, which it has for Verlander's fastball. Uh, the rest of the pitches may be looking a little bit old as well. Uh, projections aren't bad, like you said, a tad over three, uh, looking at a potentially near 250 strikeout um, total this year. I don't go this route, Wits. I know that you you like the way he's been performing, but I would keep him uh, lower in rounds in terms of a draft, which he wouldn't get to. So for me, Justin Verlander's off my board, but 
He has the potential, and like I said, with that supporting cast, could be a good selection for you guys if you do go that route in the early rounds. I've got it, my number three, Jacob DeGrom, a guy you love. I know you're a big Mets guy. You love picking him in the World Series. But DeGrom, uh, to me, has all the potential in the world to be an MVP in the future. Had an unbelievable season last year. Uh, 10 wins, 1.70 RA, and the wins don't really disclose how it all went for the Mets. They, they don't tell the story at It all, doesn't tell the story. It's yeah. just, it, was, it was a bad same, team. At the same token, though, I mean, wins are something that, you know, I think are important. So I, I think it'll be really interesting this year with the Mets. You know, I love DeGrom, like you mentioned, and he had one of the, I think, one of the best years that you've ever seen from a starting pitcher with 24 consecutive quality starts. But, you know, if he puts out another 10-win campaign, that's, uh, I mean, that, that's one thing that worries me about DeGrom and the Mets, absolutely. Right, especially with the amount of points you get from a pitcher receiving a win. But I think the Mets are a bit improved. I know they're playing in a very tough division, but strikeouts are really helpful for your team as well as you do get quality start points, at least in our ESPN standard league. So I think DeGrom is definitely somebody you got to think about early when you're making your pitcher selections. I know if you're like me last year it was, if you're a sexy batter, I'm taking you. Uh, Bryce Harper, Carlos Correa, Manny Machado, those guys were all at the top of my list. Just the names in itself scream draft me. But uh, I'm, I'm taking a new taking a new lead actually from my co-host Wits and I think pitchers are the way I want to go and I had the idea late first round I think DeGrom would be the guy that's sitting there for me kind of my favorite first round pick if I had to choose one this year especially since I think he'll get a little more love from his Mets uh, supporting cast and might pull off a couple more W's than he had last year. Yeah, and obviously your draft strategy is going to depend on what type of league you're in. I mean, if you're doing a traditional rotisserie, you know, if you're doing a 4x4, a 5x5, um, you know, the league that Roz and I were in last year was a head-to-head league, so we were just purely points. Um, didn't matter how they came, any which way. Um, you know, it was just a total at the end of the week. So I think I think your strategy is definitely going to depend on the league. So right now we're, we're just taking a look at some guys who we think we're going to be some top performers um, any way you look at it. And, you know, another guy I'm looking at, Roz, I've actually got him at number seven. Um, but a guy who really came to play last year was Garrett Cole, uh, another starting pitcher on the Houston Astros. Um, man, when you think about a, a big, strong country pitcher with a diehard fastball, for me, it's Garrett Cole. I mean, the guy um, absolutely lit it up his first season with Houston, went 15-5 and five, uh, with a 288 and 276 Ks. Uh, you know, the guy was absolutely thriving in Houston, you know, despite a move to the American League. I mean, you think about a pitcher going from the Pirates in the NL to the Astros in the AL. Um, I don't think anybody expected such a dominating campaign. But, you know, I think the Astros identified, you know, a flaw in Cole's pitch mix and kind of in- increased his curveball usage. Um, I think he, he just posted a career year with a career best 14.1 stringing, swinging strike percentage. Didn't really sacrifice any control. Uh, it was his third 200-inning season in the last four years. And you th- you think about that, only five other pitchers have accomplished that feat in each of the past two seasons. Um, and I think Cole was really good against left-handed hitters. And I think he, you know, I think he puts out another solid campaign this year. And I think he's a guy, um, you know, from a health perspective who, you know, I like. I know he only had 21 starts in that 16-17 season, but posted over 30 starts. 
uh, you know, the past two years. And I think I see, you know, in between 30 to 33 again this year for him. Absolutely. And I'm going to run through the top 10 with you since we got to move on to another position shortly. But we got, at least on my end, at six, Blake Snell, who I know is a guy you're going to want to touch on. Aaron Nola, I want to bring up real quickly. But it closes out with Trevor Bauer at eight, Garrett Cole at nine for me, and Noah Syndergaard at 10. Obviously, health concerns always surrounding Noah Syndergaard. But let me get into Aaron Nola really quick, a guy who had also a breakout season last year, 237 ERA, a below one whip. He finished with 17 wins on the year, which was absolutely outstanding and something you want to see. I don't know if he's going to be able to post that or maybe he absolutely exceeds that. This is a new look Phillies team that maybe has one of the best offenses now in the NL. We'll have to wait and see. The guy also, for the first time in his career, posted over 200 strikeouts. I'm looking for similar numbers in that area. I think the numbers aren't going to go completely wacky all over the place. I think the ERA might raise a little bit, but that only hurts you in a couple of minuses when he gives up runs in games. I do like Aaron Nola a lot. I said earlier that I had DeGrom as my second pitcher, but it's really a toss-up right now between Nola and DeGrom. I do think the Phillies are going to help him win more games, so I might have to actually switch that, go Aaron Nola in this route. I think this Phillies team is going to be absolutely impressive, and the guy's just got his new contract. He's going to want to show what he's worth. I really like Aaron Nola this season, and to me, he's absolutely a first-round draft pick. Yeah, I really like Nola too. Um, I don't quite have him in my top ten, but I'm gonna round out, you know, the rest of my guys that I see, you know, could have some some big years. Um, I really like Carlos Carrasco this year on the Indians. I know injuries have, uh, you know, been a little bit of a concern for him as well in the past, but I like Carrasco. Um, I really like Blake Snell, like you mentioned, had an unbelievable year last year. Um, another guy I'm looking at is my tenth ranked pitcher is James Paxton. Just signed a deal with the New York Yankees. Um, I think this is a guy uh, who might inch his way towards 20 wins this year. So we'll see if the big maple uh, is able to stay healthy and keep the ball uh, <laughs> on the right side of the fence in a, in a very short porch in New York. Um, Raz, I, I know we've, yeah, we've got a lot of other, other positions to get to. So, um, you know, take us away. Let's, uh, let's get to some of the bats. These umpires would be in some massive trouble if it weren't for these guys on the receiving end of the pitchers we just discussed. So we're going to go right into it with catchers. I'm going to go through my top 10 real quick, so we'll wit, and then we're just going to pick and choose a couple that we, a couple catchers we feel you should look into when you're uh, going through the draft process. So at number one for me, I've got JT Realmuto. Then it goes Sanchez, Grandal, Molina, Ramos, Contreras at six. Posey at seven, Jansen, Mejia, and I'm going to butcher this name, Chirinos Robinson of uh, the Houston Astros, but that's my top ten wits. Yeah, so I uh, I like Real Muto a lot this year. I think he's going to have a big year and probably go for, you know, in between 20 and 25 homers, but I think number one, I think the biggest bat on the board catcher-wise has is, is got to be Gary Sanchez. Um, I got him projected for, you know, 30 around 30 homers this year might crack 100 RBIs um the injuries I mean I think that's always a big theme in fantasy you can you can have as good of a team as you want but if they're not on the field uh, it's going to be a struggle um so I, I think the shoulder injury that we saw you know from Gary Sanchez you know it seems like the last couple of years um really affected him at some different points but I just think the potential is too much here I think he's got too much power 
Um, and in a, in a game where it seems like kind of like the running back by, by committee in the NFL, it's like a lot more teams are moving towards like a two catcher kind of platoon um, scenario. But I think Gary Sanchez is going to, I think he's going to get his, you know, 120, 125, 130 games behind the plate. Um, and I just think that that ballpark with that much power and that good of a lineup, it's too good for me to pass up uh, as my number one catcher. So I, I really like Sanchez at the top there with real, follow real Muto and Buster Posey. That's a lot, man, because I drafted him last year pretty high up as well. And I was left with the 186 batting average, 18 home runs, 53 RBIs. I mean, it was disgusting. It, I, I eventually pulled him. Obviously, he got hurt down the stretch and was uh, was no longer the starter there in New York. Essentially, he's starting off in the same place he started off last year, in the top 40 overall, probably the best catcher uh, ranking-wise. But I'm gonna, this is big stay-away zone. I think there's a lot of bats in New York. I think that offense is scary. And I understand that he had that procedure to help him out. But this is my big stay-away guy, maybe because he screwed me a little bit. But I'm not feeling Sanchez. I don't think he's going to be near 100 RBIs. I also don't think he's going to top 30 home runs. I know he's got the potential. I know he's got the power. But like you said, lingering injuries are a problem. And who's to say this shoulder doesn't come back at a certain point? My guy, who I didn't think was getting enough respect, and I know he had a little bit of trouble last year, is at number six, Wilson Contreras of our Chicago Chicago Cubs. Wits, uh, I'm expecting a better season overall. He didn't close very strong. He started pretty fast. He only had 10 home runs. The power wasn't there. But just like Sanchez, this guy has the power. And uh, I'm expecting a lot more from him. Right now he's projected only 17 home runs. But don't be surprised if he's putting a number up over 25. A guy who did that, or at least hit 21 in two seasons ago. The guy does have the power. I'm feeling it. I think his batting average we're going to see go up. He's a, he's a spark plug for the Chicago Cubs. And he played 138 games last year. So he's always going to be ready to go in your lineup. I'm liking Wilson Contreras probably around the fourth, fifth round of our fantasy baseball drafts. Yeah, I like Contreras a lot too. Um, I'm I'm really expecting a power rebound this year. I mean, I don't, I just don't see him hitting 10 home runs again. Um, and like you mentioned, he's the bell cow behind the dish there in Chicago, um, hitting in the meat of that Cubs lineup. And I think, you know, I, th- I think he's a pretty strong candidate, you know, to finish in the top five this year. He's going to have a lot of chances for some ribbies. Um, so, uh, you know, I see him hitting closer to that 275 mark this year, you know, compared to that 249 mark that he put up. Uh, last year, you know, looking at 17, 18 and 16, 17, you know, he hit 276 and 282. So I think there's going to be more opportunities this year. And, and I like him as well. Another guy I'm looking at um, on the Mets is Wilson Ramos. This is a guy who, who hit 306 and as a catcher that that is pretty phenomenal. Um, I think, you know, you've seen a guy in Wilson Ramos who has has power to all fields. I think he's going to have a big year this year for the Mets. And he's uh, he's in my top five as well. Well, that is catchers. We're going to move right over to first base where, Wits, you were a star at Deerfield uh, in your high school playing days. Gave it a little love at uh, Illinois Wesleyan University. But at our top ten for first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt at one, Freddie Freeman two, Anthony Rizzo three, Joey Votto four, Matt Carpenter five, Jose Abreu six, Cody Bellinger seven, Jesus Aguilar eight, Joey Gallo nine, and Edwin Encarnacion at ten. This is a stack position, Wits. I think these are guys you could arguably take in the first three rounds of fantasy baseball draft. And I know me and you love Paul Goldschmidt, and now he's on our rival 
St. Louis Cardinals. So uh, we'll have to see where it goes. He batted 290 last year, and this is a guy who started the season horrendously. I know me and you said he was going to be the comeback player of the second half of the year, and he absolutely was finishing with that batting average. Again, finished with 33 home runs. He's had over 30 home runs the last two seasons, projected 37 home runs this year, as well as near to 100 RBIs. This guy is a clear-cut number one, in my opinion, at this position. The guy constantly is proving us right in the sense that he is this number one. I like Paul Goldschmidt. I think he can go as early as the first round in any fantasy baseball draft. And he's followed up by Freddie Freeman and Anthony Rizzo, two guys I also really love. But I'm sure you've got a, you've got a little taste here for somebody at the first base position. Yeah, dude, I love Paul Goldschmidt, too. I remember having this conversation with you and my dad uh, near midseason when he looked like, the guy looked like he had never picked up a baseball bat before, and I've just always been a big believer in guys who are are great players are going to come back to form just like a chart, just like a good graph. They're going to eventually find their way back into the swing of things, and, you know, the guy ended up with 33 homers. Uh, A little light on the RBIs, you know, 83. I'd like to see a couple more, but I think that's going to happen this year. Uh, Moving to St. Louis, um, I'm really excited for Paul Goldschmidt this year. I mean, you look at 2015 to 2017, Goldschmidt had an average of 431, um, 431 runners on base each season when he was at the plate. And I think last year that number dropped to 386. So, you know, I think he's going to have more opportunities in the St. Louis lineup that has a lot of talent. Um, And I'm looking at Paul DeYoung. We'll get to him when we get to shortstops. But I, I really like Paul Goldschmidt. And I don't think you can go wrong with Rizzo or Freeman. I mean, I think those are two of the most solid guys at the position um, in baseball. Another guy I'm looking at for a, a breakout year, kind of like the one we saw two years ago, is Cody Bellinger. Uh, Bellinger is a rookie, almost hit 40 homers. He had 39 home runs, 97 RBIs. That production dropped quite a bit last year to 25 and 76. But Cody Bellinger is a guy who I think gets over that 30 home run mark this year, like he did his rookie year. Um, I'm expecting big things for him. I think he finally figures it out. And I think that average, I think that average gets up to about 270 this year. Um, so I'm seeing a lot of big things from him and I, I think we'll have a lot of, a lot of opportunities out in LA. You hear those sirens in the background, baby. That is the sound of some fire starting and it's going to start on the end of Anthony Rizzo's bat. The Cubs need a bounce back as a whole as a team, but Anthony Rizzo is one of those candidates as well. Obviously finished the season strong, bumping up his batting average to 283. Um, finished only with 25 home runs, a guy who had been hitting over 30 home runs a season through a stretch. Did finish with 101 RBIs, very respectable, led the team in that category. Not a big strikeout guy. I like Anthony Rizzo because I think his season, he's going to have a much better season than he did last year, just based on I think he's going to have a quicker start than he did last April and May. Uh, Love Anthony Rizzo. I know he's number three on the board, so it's going to be tough getting both Goldschmidt and Rizzo, but I would say one or the other is going to be great for your fantasy team, and I really think that Anthony Rizzo and the Chicago Cubs lineup is going to help a lot of people when it comes to drafting these players. And one of the guys I see down the line that I kind of like and is a little bit quiet is Max Muncy, also with the Dodgers. I know that he'd be splitting uh, some time with Cody Bellinger, but they'd probably find a different spot for him. You could plug him in still at your first base position. The guy had a breakout season, 35 home runs for the Los Angeles Dodgers. If you're looking for pure power and kind of points in those areas, Max Muncy is a guy I like, and you can get probably later rounds looking kind of seven to eight round area in your fantasy baseball draft. 
Yeah, so I think you got a lot of good options at first base. Um, so we're going to move on to the second base position right now. And I'll, I'll read you off my top ten. Um, number one, I got Jose Altuve, followed by Whit Merrifield, Javi Baez, Scooter Jeanette, Robinson Cano, Esdrubal Cabrera, Daniel Murphy, Brian Dozier, Ozzy Albies, Rugnet Odor. Um, Roz, I, I kind of got a similar feeling about this second base position, that there's a clear-cut number one in my eyes, and that's Jose Altuve. Um, and I think, you know, it was a shame last year. I think he was playing most of the year with a knee injury. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping that he comes back healthy this year. You know, he required surgery in late October. Um, still remained an above average offensive player, even with that surgery. So, you know, I see him going back to, you know, a 20 home run, 80 RBI, um, 20 stolen base, hitting around 325. I think he's going to, I think he's going to be lights out for the Astros this year. And I think, I think him and Correa are going to have, I think they're going to be in the MVP conversation. I really like Altuve at the top of my second baseman list. Yeah, obviously he has been the top of his position for the past couple of years. A couple of injury concerns, though, with him. He has a nagging knee injury that he had actually last season and has come back uh, through spring training. He's questionable to start the regular season, so we'll see how that goes. I'm going to avoid Altuve. I think there's a lot of better options in the early rounds to select than a second baseman. I know he is that great. But when I look at second basemen and I'm like, hey, Who's going to make an impact in the middle infield part of my fantasy lineup? This guy I picked up off of waivers last year. And for me, he's number four, Scooter Jeanette of the Cincinnati Reds, a team that I also think is getting a little bit better, adding some pitchers to the rotation, adding some other bats to the lineup. Scooter Jeanette had an awesome year last year, 181 hits. That's more than Jose Altuve. Finished with 23 home runs, 92 RBIs. And I think that's just the beginning of Scooter Jeanette. I think the ceiling is only going to get higher. We're looking at a projected above 300 batting average again with another 25-plus home runs and nearing 100 RBIs this coming season. Love Scooter Jeanette. Kind of love the Cincinnati Reds team for a bit of a bounce-back year, but he is definitely the second baseman I'm targeting, and I'm hoping he's sitting there around again four through six in terms of rounds of our draft. Yeah, I like Scooter Jeanette, but a guy I'm, I'm looking a little farther down my board at a guy I really love this year is Daniel Murphy. Um, newly acquired by the Colorado Rockies and you know just not even looking at his stats at all I mean look at this lineup that's hitting around him um, you've got Charlie Blackman you got Nolan Arenado Trevor Story David Dahl Ian Desmond I mean Daniel Murphy I think is going to get a ton a ton of opportunities in this Colorado lineup uh, and, and in a great ballpark as well so you know I think you saw last year when he finally regained his form um, he slashed 315, 346, 498 in the second half. Had a big bump in run production. Um, you know, after settling as the Cubs leadoff man, he's not going to lead off for Colorado. But you know, I think the bat to ball skills with Daniel Murphy are, I think, second and none. I think he's one of the best in the league at putting the ball in play. Um, I think he hits close to 300 this year, and you know, I think he could make he could make a play at 90 to 100 RBI. So I'm really excited about Murphy um, as a pretty killer lefty bat in that Rockies lineup. Yeah, second baseman looks like it's going to be a fun position this year. A lot of young talent. I mean, Gleber Torres in New York, Ozzy Albies in Atlanta, and Javier Baez obviously on the hometown Cubs. But let's get on over to shortstops, which is another powerful position. I went wrong with my first pick last year being Carlos Correa. Didn't have a bad year, just wasn't uh, wasn't a year you expect from your number one overall pick. 
But my list, we've got Trey Turner, number one, Alex Bregman, number two, Francisco Lindor, three, Manny Machado, four, Story, five, Javier Baez, six, uh, Alberto Mondesi, who I probably pronounced that wrong, seven, Xander Bogarts, eight, Carlos Correa, nine, and Corey Seager, who will be back this year at 10. Obviously, you heard Javi's name on the second base list, but you can interchange him in your fantasy lineup wherever you want to go. Wits. Who are the shortstops you would look to take early on or wait on but would be impactful to your lineup? Well, I mean, there's a guy that I really love, and he, he wasn't on the list that you just named off, but I'm looking at a guy who I mentioned a little bit before is Paul DeYoung on the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, you know, I think the Cardinals, you look at their lineup, they've got two MVP candidates on the corner infield spots and Paul Goldschmidt and Matt Carpenter, but I, I think Paul DeYoung might be their most valuable player you know relative to his peers at the position and interesting fact about Paul DeYoung actually played against him in college baseball Uh, I went to Illinois Wesleyan University um, and Paul DeYoung hit a mammoth go-ahead two-run home run against us in the eighth inning and what was a crushing defeat um, because we were a D3 school so we got to exhibition game against them each year Um, Paul DeYoung I think is a special player and at age 25 I think he's going to enter what's going to be um, probably the best stretch of his career. And I, I'm seeing him as a guy who I think could put up 30 homers and hit 300 you know, while driving in a bunch of runs behind Goldschmidt and Carpenter. Um, so I, I see Paul DeYoung as a little bit of a sleeper MVP candidate. So for shortstop purposes, I think there's a, there's a lot of great guys, like you mentioned, up near the top. Um, but I like Paul DeYoung. Couple other guys that I'm looking at. I love Francisco Lindor. I think he's one of the best, you know, both sides of the ball, offense and defense. He's one of the best in baseball. I also like Trey Turner. Um, and then Manny Machado, I think, is a guy, you know, he could go thirty and hundred as well. So I think there's a lot of a lot of good options at the shortstop position, but Paul DeYoung is a guy who I've got my eyes on this year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not looking to jump on shortstops early on in my draft, and that's just a suggestion I have for most as they enter their drafting periods. But I like a guy in the name of Trevor Story, also in Colorado, like your boy Daniel Murphy. I think Trevor Story had a fantastic season last year, 291 with 37 home runs and over 100 RBIs. The guy was on fire. Uh, This is a guy, I think, who's young and only going to continue to grow, especially with the team surrounding him. Uh, I mean, Nolan Arenado standing right next to him there in the infield. Trevor Story, to me, is a guy you don't have to bite on in most drafts, but he's going to give you a lot of production when it comes to your shortstop position in your fantasy baseball lineup. I like the guy a lot. I don't think you're going to have to stretch, like I said. And he's projected a pretty nice year, batting even closer to 300 in his projections. He's going to be closer to a 30 home run guy than chasing 40, I believe. And the RBIs might take a little dip, but he's still going to be fighting for those 100 RBI marks, especially since there's going to be guys on in front of him all year long. I think Colorado's going to be a fun team to watch. Trevor Story is my guy that I would target first in this position. Obviously, I like Javi Baez. I can plug and chug at any point at second or shortstop. And then I really like Xander Bogarts. He's the man of consistency. 163 hits last year. Not a big home run guy. Not that he can't do it. He had 20 home runs, almost 100 RBI, or he had 23 home runs and over 100 RBIs. This is a guy I like uh, as well. I just think people are going to hop on him before they hop on Trevor Story. I think the Boston Red Sox name in itself helps his draft stock on whatever platform you use. 
Yeah, and then one last guy uh, who's sitting outside my top 10 right now, but I think could have a big year if he stays healthy, is Carlos Correa. Um, he's only played 110 and 109 games the past two years, so I think injuries are definitely a concern. But he's a guy, if he hits 40 home runs next year, I'm not going to fall off my chair. Um, I think he's, he's a guy with that much power. So we'll look to him. If he stays healthy, I think he could end up in the top three um, at his position. But... Let's move on to third baseman, Roz, uh, rounding out the infield. Um, man, there, there's so much talent in baseball right now, and I think, you know, although he's a little bit down my list, there's not a guy who I'd rather have on my team than Nolan Arenado. Uh, just signed a huge deal in Colorado, and you look at consistency, I mean, it seems like 40 and 120, uh, hitting 300 is, is Nolan Arenado in a nutshell. I mean, all the guy does is put up stats every year, um, really doesn't miss games. You know, went 156, 159, and 160 the past three years. So he's a guy who's going to get after it. Um, and we mentioned the power in that Colorado lineup. Um, there's really nowhere to hide as an opposing pitcher. So I think Arenado's going to get a, get to see a lot of pitches this year. Um, and I think 35 and 100, 110, 120, 130. Um, I think it's going to happen once again. And he, you know, he's one of my favorite players in baseball. Yeah, I don't think we were going to disagree on this at all. He is number two on my list, as I'll run through real quick. Jose Ramirez, number one, Arnato two, Bregman, three, Baez, four. Wow, you can literally play him at any infield position. Rendon at five, Chris Bryant, six, Vlad Guerrero, not the old one, but the junior at seven, Matt Carpenter, eight, Eugenio Suarez, nine, and Josh Donaldson, who had just recently been placed on the Atlanta Braves at 10. I'm with you, Nolan Arenado, the clear-cut pick here. A guy I am totally willing to hop into the first round for. If I'm not going the pitcher route, I think Nolan Arenado's numbers speak in itself. 175 hits last year, 38 home runs, 110 RBIs, and uh, this guy constantly is hitting the ball no matter where. The whole road being away from Colorado factor doesn't really matter. This guy is a true baseball player and should be a person targeted in the first round of many people's drafts. I understand the numbers that Jose Ramirez had last year, but Nolan Arenado speaks consistency. Just look at his last three seasons. 133 RBIs, 130 RBIs, 110 RBIs. So that dip for him, I think it only goes back to up with this new deal. Nolan Arenado, clear cut number one. And then We've been all about the bounce back. I know I've been heavy on the Cubs, but Chris Bryant would be my other. He's, he's sitting at six, had a really down year last year, 52 RBIs. He did win an MVP three years ago. Look for him to get back into that contention. Has looked good in spring training so far. Again, I know that's only the preseason, but he has looked good. I think Chris Bryant, along with, like I said, the rest of these bats in Chicago, I think they upped the ante. I love him there. I think you can get away with taking him in the third or fourth round if you need a run, or third baseman at that point. I almost said running back wits. I think football is in the back of my mind. <laughs> yeah, with that big deal Le'Veon Bell just signed. Um, but I tend to agree with you here, Roz. I mean, Fan, any fantasy sport, it's not so much the guy that you take in the first and second round, but it's where in those middle rounds can you find the most value. And Chris Bryant, you know, is kind of a boomer bust candidate for me as well. I mean, you look at the production the past three years, the numbers, are, they're not very encouraging. We went from the MVP 39 and 102 down to 29 and 73. And last year was a, a very, very disappointing 13 and 52. Um, I think there was something clearly wrong with Chris Bryant basically the whole year. I mean, I don't think that shoulder was ever really healthy. So it's going to be interesting. You know, you could uh, you could hit it big with him in your 2019 draft. But at the same time, if he puts up in between 20, 10 and 20 homers again, um, it's going to be another disappointment. But 
you know, I do like Chris Bryant. I think you'll be able to find him, you know, somewhere in those middle, you know, five to seven rounds. Um, he could pay, he could pay big dividends and end up being a top 10 fantasy producer in all of baseball next year. Right. And we were quick on third base, but we got to get you to the outfield where the ball is hit deep and some amazing plays are made. What me and Wish are going to do for you here is we're going to pick three outfielders. I'll go through the top 10 real quick. But we're going to give you three outfielders that we'd like to have in our lineup, try to help you in deeper rounds as well. But as the list goes, Mike Trout, number one, who's the obvious pick there, bets at two, J.D. Martinez, three, Kristen Yelich at four, just hung out with him here at 41 Oceans in California, five is Bryce Harper. You know how I feel about him. Aaron Judge, six. Ronald Acuna at 7, 8, Charlie Blackman, 9, Stanton, and 10, Whit Merrifield, who you'd also plug in at the second base position. But Whit, give me a couple of your picks for outfielders you'd like to have in your lineup. Yeah, well, I mean, some of those guys at the top are just sick. I mean, looking at, at Betts and Trout, uh, Trout maybe being the best baseball player of all time. So I think though, I think those picks are pretty obvious. So I'm going to give you a couple guys and that you'll be able to find a little bit farther down the draft board who I think could you know, find their way into the MVP conversation. And number one for me, Andrew Benatendi on the Boston Red Sox. I um, had a pretty solid year last year, you know, hit 290, uh, 103 runs, 16 homers, and 87 RBIs. Also stole 21 bags, which is pretty good in you know, today's version of baseball in which stolen bases are getting harder and harder to find. Um, but you look at the Red Sox, four different Red Sox players received MVP votes last season. Um, Andrew Benatendi was not one of them, but I think Andrew Benatendi, for me, I think might be the next Kristen Yelich. Um, he's got this a similar type of skill set. You know, he's a left-handed hitter with excellent bat control, developing power. Um, so I think this is a guy who I think could go 30 and 100 this year, and I think you're going to be able to find him in the later rounds. So that's one guy that I'm looking at um, who I think is going to have a monster year. Another guy on my favorite team in baseball besides the Cubs and New York Mets, it's Michael Conforto. Conforto had 28 homers and 82 RBIs last year, so I don't even know if I can call him a sleeper. Um, but I think two years ago you were seeing Michael Conforto establish himself as one of the game's truly elite hitters. Um, but one awkward swing and one so- shoulder injury uh, ended his season a couple years ago. So I think he returned ahead of schedule last year, played 153 games, and I think he's a guy – um, who I think is going to be a major cornerstone in that Mets lineup. So looking down your draft board, Michael Conforto, I think he's going to be a big producer this year. For me, you know how I feel about Bryce Harper. He's the uh, he's the man crush of my life, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens with him in Philadelphia. I think the numbers only go up. He didn't have a bad year, hitting 34 home runs last year, almost getting to 100 RBIs. It's just the batting average is sitting at an ugly 249. But like Witch said, I'm going to go down the board for you guys, for people you can get later in the draft. Look for a bounce-back year for Rice Hoskins, also on the Philadelphia Phillies. Don't forget he's sitting there as well, a young prodigy in himself. He also struggled at the play 246 last year. Did finish with 34 home runs as well and 96 RBIs. This is a guy, I think, who's going to figure it out, have a more consistent swing. A guy I like later in the rounds, hopefully 7th, 8th, or ninth round in your fantasy baseball drafts. I also like Lorenzo Cain of the Milwaukee Brewers. Everyone's attention is going to be on MVP, Christian Yelich. Cain batted over 300 last year, only 10 home runs and 38 RBIs, but look for those numbers to grow as the Brewers have added a lot of more pe- lot more players that can find themselves on the pond for Lorenzo Cain when he's hitting. Don't forget he's a stolen base machine, 30 stolen bases last year. Those are huge when you're you're looking at your fantasy lineup and head-to-head matchups. 
I also really like down the line Tommy Pham. I know he got traded away to Tampa last year, had a bit of a down year after batting over 300, but he did good things for me. I know he, he's going to be battling some injuries like he did at the end of last year, but he's definitely a top 50 player to me that people are going to overlook because he's playing for the Tampa Bay Rays. Tommy Pham, late in the draft, look at picking him up. Yeah, and I've got one one outfield super sleeper for everybody. Um, I've got this guy, you know, around the 50 ranking. Uh, but for me, it's Randall Grichik. Uh, you know, this is a guy who's been pretty pretty damn consistent over his uh, his time in the major leagues. Look at the last three years: home run totals, 25, 22, and 24. Um, you know, with around a 240 batting average. And I think this is a guy who might just explode for 35 or 40 homers this year. Um, so that's that's the last guy I'm looking at from an outfield perspective. And Roz, I know we talked about starting pitching, but I want to give a little love uh, to the relief pitcher. So I'm just going to read off my top ten for you right now. Um, that's Blake Trinan, Oakland A's uh, relief pitcher. We got Roberto Ozuna, Kenley Jansen, Araldis Chapman, Edwin Diaz, Colin McHugh, Brad Keller, Sean Doolittle, Brad Hand, and Craig Kimbrell um, rounding it out. So. You know, those are those are my top 10 guys in terms of relievers right now. I know saves are pretty big in our league. So guys who can get 30 or 40 saves end up being uh, pretty big, pretty valuable at the end of the year. Kind of like a card game, though. You never know. It's always up in the air. Uh, I wasn't big on a closer. I had the relief pitcher, starting pitcher placement on my fantasy lineup. So I don't know a whole lot about closers. Obviously, the top guys are people you're looking at. And I think Chapman, for me, didn't have his best season last year, but look for him to have a way better season with this new look Yankees team. And they're not new, super new look, but those bats are going to be as aggressive as ever. Wits, take it here. You've got the first pick. It's the first round of the draft. Who's the number one overall pick you're taking? And give me a brief explanation why, so as to help all of our lucky fans who happen to have the number one overall pick. I mean, number one overall... I just I can't see myself taking anybody but Mike Trout. Um, looking at it across the board in every category, the guy is an elite player. Um, but also, if if he told me Mookie Betts, I couldn't disagree with you either. But for me, you know, my strategy I, I like going the starting pitching route a little more. But you know, obviously, it depends what kind of league you're in. But if it were me, if I had my choice of a pick in the first round, I'd probably stay towards the back half near the end uh, where I could get two solid number ones. For my lineup, but as a number one overall pick, I think you got to go Mike Trout because there's there's so much talent and so much potential. Um, and the guy's at the peak of his career, and you know he's an MVP candidate year in and year out. Wow, a guy who took Kershaw, I believe, at two last year in our league is going Mike Trout at number one. I'm a guy who would get um, get into it and want to take my man Bryce Harper at number one, but I I learn, I live and I learn wits. I become a stronger, a better man each and every day. And I know that I wouldn't even pass up, not one wink of a thought. I would take Max Scherzer, number one overall, for sure. I think those numbers speak for himself. I know he goes only goes one every once every five games. Uh, but for me, I think he is the most valuable person you can have on your fantasy baseball lineup than Mike Trout. I don't know if I think there is a gap between Scherzer and the next guy. And I think Mike Trout could fill that gap with the number one overall pick. But Wits. This has been the first episode of the opening line. We're going to get you gambling lines moving forward. We're great during the NFL season for you. We have a great win percentage. Any closing words for our new audience here at the Believe Network? Um, you know, I just think I think it's going to be a really exciting year. Um, and I think one thing you want to look for in fantasy baseball is 
you know, what, what guys are going to have some of the most opportunities because you look at some of the lineups out there, I think there's a lot of hidden potential with guys who are hitting in the middle of lineups but might not necessarily be the biggest names in those lineups. So I think you got to look for value because um, I think the draft is really one in rounds like five through nine. There's a lot of great players out there, and I'm, I'm really excited for all the action. But we're going to be, like you said, Roz, we're going to be bringing you all the March Madness games. Um, you know, we're going to talk some MLB lines during the week. Uh, we got some futures for you. And then once we get in the NFL, I mean, this, this show could be three hours long, but we're going to we're going to try to keep it to an hour uh, to guys keep you into it. We would love to keep the line moving, but that is all we have today for the opening line. This has been Wits and Roz. We're super excited to be here, and we can't wait to connect with you guys next week when we are back discussing some other sports topic. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.